out of our marriages. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to come into your presence. Thank you, Father, because we know that we're here, we're to learn, we'll be inspired, we'll be encouraged, we'll be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, God, because there shall be strong marriages, there shall be stable marriages. Thank you, Father, because marriages, Lord, that will be born out of these programs, Lord, will become testimonies to the glory of your name in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. Lord, we sit at your feet to learn from you, and we know that we will not remain the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So welcome to the Adam and Eve project. And this is the second session of the three sessions that has been planned for this particular program. Now, the reason why we're doing this is not far-fetched. We want to see people have godly and successful marriages. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, last week, Pastor talked about how to plan for your marriage, yes? Or how to prepare for your marriage. This morning, I'll be taking what I title, How to Make Godly Choices. How to Make Godly Choices. Now, it's not a new thing that marriage is the oldest institution in the world is the oldest institution. It started from creation. And the foundation of this institution is God. Praise God. So if we're going to have a godly marriage, it's very, very important that we need to ask the one who instituted it on how to make it work. Praise God. Yeah, I say this with all sense of responsibility. And by saying that marriage is actually one of the easiest things to do. Marriage is one of the easiest. And I say it with all sense of responsibility. I've been married now, it's going to be 23 years in October. And when I hear people talk about, oh, how marriage is so difficult, how marriage is so, you know, if you make a mistake, if you marry the wrong person, this, that, that, oh, marriage is so complex. But I, I, I beg to differ. Marriage actually is one of the easiest things to do. But it is based on a condition. If we just follow God's instruction concerning marriage. That's just it. If you follow the instructions of God concerning marriage as the man, as the woman, marriage can be the easiest thing. However, if you don't follow instruction of God for marriage, marriage can actually destroy somebody. As in totally destroy someone. And one other thing we need to realize is that when people talk about, oh, I want to get married, I want to get married, they always think about themselves at that particular point in time. But let me tell you this. Marriage is not about you two alone. Which is why you need to go on for a godly marriage. You need to get it right. And I will tell you why I say marriage is not be for you alone. If somebody marries the wrong person and they are having issues in their marriage, the first set of people that will be affected are the children. They can become dysfunctional. They can have a, a warped mindset about the other gender and about marriage itself. The next set of people that will be affected are the families. There's no mother whose daughter or son is having a bad marriage 
that will not be affected. And the siblings, if they have. Now, the third set of people that will be affected, neighbors, colleagues. Have you ever met a boss who doesn't have a good marriage? Those are the kind of people that they will stay at work till late. They will be there till 9 p.m. Meanwhile, you that you have a good marriage, they won't allow you to go and enjoy your spouse. Why? Because they are afraid to go home. So it is very important that we need to get it right. Because what you think is all about the two of you has import and impact on people that you don't even know you will ever meet. And that is why we need to get as many information as possible. Let's look at seven examples of ungodly reasons why people marry. You know, we're talking about how to make godly choices because you will need to make a choice. Let's look at seven reasons or ungodly choices. Now, in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The Passion Translation says, you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. But you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. So you can rationalize it. Oh, I like her. Oh, she's from a good home. Oh, she's, she's portable. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, she speaks good English. Oh, she can do this. She can do... You can rationalize it anyhow you want. But at the end of the road, you will find out whether it was a good choice or not. So, what are the ungodly choices that people make when they are trying to, to get married? One, material reasons. They want to secure their future financially. So, they are looking at the, the person. Oh, does he have a car? Does he have a good job? They have not looked at, if he loses that job, can he get another? Hallelujah. I knew of a couple who the guy had a very good job. He was a manager. And everything was set. He had everything you would say somebody needed. Then two years down the line, he lost his job. That was when the wife realized that all the jobs he had been getting was actually his father that was getting the jobs for him. His father was this strong push behind it all. So at that point in time, the father said, you know what? I'm tired. Go and get a job for yourself. And he couldn't get it. So you, that is why it's very important that you don't make that kind of choice on materials. Number two, wrong reasons. Physical reasons. Oh, the person is beautiful. He's a figure eight. She's a figure eight. Have you thought of after pregnant, after um, three children, will she still be a figure eight? Oh, he has biceps. He's looking very strong. He's muscular. He has an A-shape, according to the, to the novels. He's, a, he's an A-shaped guy. He's tall, dark, and handsome. What if something happens to him? Ten years down the line, he now has a pot belly. Will he still be attractive? Hallelujah. Some, number three, for sexual reasons. People 
make choices because the fiancé is pregnant. And statistics have shown that about one quarter of marriage's results came, comes out of this. Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, we're Christians. We need to quickly hide it. One quarter of marriages. It's very dismal. I don't, I don't expect that this should be among Christians, but unfortunately it is. We find it out that some Christians do still indulge in sex before marriage. Another reason, oh, they had good sex, so the person is good in bed. Really? Praise God. I don't want to come down hard on the sisters this morning. If you are having sex before marriage, you are a fool. I don't care what the brother tells you. I don't care what the guy tells you. You are a fool. Hallelujah. Because if that is the only reason the guy will marry you, you are in for trouble. I have heard some funny things that uh, somebody told me that uh, the guy will say, well, I need to test you. Really? Do you go to supermarkets and you start testing the tomatoes before you buy it? It's in the market that you do that, in the local market. You can say, can I test are you a supermarket or are you a... Are you from the markets? Are you from the local market? You need to pride yourself. And if you're a brother and you are demanding sex from a sister before marriage, you are not honorable. I want to ask you a question. If you hear... That somebody is asking it from your sister, your blood sister. How would you feel? Would you feel it's okay, it's alright? And who told you that sex makes marriages? Hallelujah. So you need to keep yourself. And please don't tell me it is hard because we've been all, all of us have been through it before. Don't tell me that. None of us was born as Jesus we all went through this temptation in life help yourself you know you have that weakness don't put yourself in a compromising situation I wouldn't expect you not to marry somebody you are not physically attracted to so it's natural to be physically attracted to the person you want to marry it's like saying oh you like this bag you can admire the bag. You can want to take the bag home. But when you take it home, then it becomes the same. Abby? So you can have attraction. But when you culminate the attraction in sex, that's when it's wrong. So those are wrong reasons. Another wrong reason is cultural reasons. Some of us have been so, you know, bullied at home. You are an Igbo girl. You need to marry from your tribe. I see that is what makes marriages successful. I remember when I wanted to get married. I wasn't even getting married then. It was my sister. My younger sister was going out with an Igbo guy. And my grandparents were from the royal family. So my grandfather used to say, nobody must marry outside. We must marry within. In fact, he's not even within our state. He said we must marry within our tribe. As in our own exact tribe from our town. So one day, my sister now said, sister, you're the only one that can help you. You know you're the firstborn. You have to break this thing. So I went to meet my father one day and I said, Daddy, you know you're always talking about this thing. Why exactly are you particular about marrying from the same tribe? And I wasn't even interested in what my grandfather was saying because I felt that was too construct, you know, restrictive. So I said, Why? Why do you want us to marry from Yoruba? He said, Ah, you know, the tongue and the teeth they fight. 
you know, in case there's any fight or quarrel, when the two families sit down, they will understand it. I said, oh, so you are even praying for us to fight. Can't you even pray that there won't be fights? That will degenerate to the two families sitting down and discussing. So, it's a wrong thing as a Christian for you to be thinking of making your choice of married partner on cultural reasons. Besides, we're from another tribe now. We're from Zion. So where we come from in the natural does not matter. Number five reasons. Social reasons. Social reasons. Some people make their choices of married partners because of social pressure among peers. Pressure. Oh, I'm 30 something. Oh, parents. Even sometimes church, the church and friends, I'm the only one that is left. I'm the only one that is left. Don't make, don't make choices because of that, as a result of that, please. Because you may just find out that you are getting yourself in a lot of trouble. Hallelujah. How many of you want to just wake up and just enjoy a marriage full of bliss? It doesn't mean that you won't have this, you know, misunderstanding. But bliss. It's a good thing to have. I have made, I have counseled so many people. And there are things that sometimes you see that you don't see. And we'll get to that. There was a particular lady. She was so emphatic, strong Christian, wonderful sister, full of fire for God. But because she was getting much older in age and her parent, her, her mother was late, so her aunt, who was a mother's sister, now found one guy for her and was pressuring her. She was in her 30s, pressuring her, married this guy. Oh, the mother is my friend, blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, I said, just be careful. So there are times that she would have issues with the guy. She would come and tell me, oh, this happened, that happened. And I told her point blank. I said, this one that you are telling me, don't enter this marriage room. But you know how it is. Her aunt had her way. A year or so down the line, they found out that she had fibroid. And the husband said, oh, you didn't tell me. You deceived me into marriage. So you had fibroid. This is somebody that the sister was managing to marry. You didn't tell me and he left the home. As in he left her. That was the end of the marriage. He just left her. He just walked out. He just walked out. That's it. He didn't even give her the benefit of I'm going to divorce you. I don't even know their situation right now. There's another lady. Because she had a child you know, out of wedlock, and she felt that time was going, blah, blah. And when she came to see me and we were talking, she said, ah, if I don't do this now, people, you know, eh, nobody has come to meet me because I have it. I said, don't marry this guy. This guy is a baby Christian. Based on all that you have said, this guy is a baby Christian. Ah, no, eh, he will be coming to church. And he actually was coming to church. Eh, He will be this, he will be that. I said, oh. Our own is to counsel. They got married. I don't think it was up to six months. She was back again to me. me. Ah, if this was what is what marriage is all about, I should never have married. I said, this is not what marriage is all about. You picked the wrong bedfellow. So as we have made your bed, lie on it. Today, they are divorced. So there are ungodly choices or reasons why people marry. And at the end of the day, that is why TPT said, for those that came late, it says in Proverbs 14 verse 12, it says, you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. But you will find out at the end that you took the road to destruction. So you can decide whatever you want. You can 
you know, you can try to convince people. Ah, he's not a Christian. He's not a born again Christian, but he's a good person. He goes to church. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. You can rationalize it. But at the end, I'm not the one that will sleep on the bed with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, number five was social reasons. Number six, emotional or psychological reasons. We're talking about wrong reasons why people make choices. Emotional or psychological reasons because of negative self-image. Oh, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Get I go get worms. So the one person that just looked in your way, that he says, I like you, you jumped. Marriage won't make you feel worthwhile or acceptable. So you must deal with your own low self-esteem. Deal with it first before you enter marriage. Don't carry it. Another one, don't be a therapist. We're still talking about under emotional and psychological reason. The B. Don't be a therapist to your fiancé. Don't be a counselor. You are not his helper. My helper is God. Okay? So don't marry because, oh, you know, she, 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 she understands me. She, she, she gives me counsel. Don't be a therapist. Or another reason under emotional and psychological, because of a strong emotional trauma or sense of loss or guilt. Somebody jilted you. The next person that came, you jumped on this on this uh, train. Mm-mm. It's a psychological reason for getting married and it is wrong. It won't end well. Hallelujah. Then number seven, desire for independence. How many of us have been in our parents and they're like, I'm waiting for that day. I will just fly out of this house. The stress is too much. If I go out, they will be asking me. If I come in, they will say, what time? If I talk to anybody, they will say, who is he? If I, let me just go and marry, then I'll become my own boss. Some people are like that. They are thinking like that. Desire for independence is not the reason why you should make a choice. Maybe the family is unhappy. You know, sometimes the home is not stable and they are just like, oh, let me just get out. This fight is too much. These issues are too much. Let me leave. That's not a good reason to get married. Some people, to spite their parents, I will just leave. Marriage is not an escape route and it's not a safety net. Praise God. Let me share with you a joke. Remember when I was at home, I wasn't married yet. And uh, my father was pretty strict, very strict. Even though I had a master's, he still treated me like a child. Now, my father has a policy. When it is 12 midnight, whatever you are watching, like 12 midnight is even far. As far as he believes his night is late, let me use that word. If my father believes it, it is late, and you are watching TV, he will just come out of his bedroom. He will look at his big grandfather's clock, and he will go to the television and put it off. In other words, this is my TV. Everybody go and sleep. So I used to tell myself that, ah, the day I leave this house, the day I leave this house. So, the first day I got, I, after I got married, we went for our honeymoon. So when we came back from our honeymoon, I now put on the television. Till late. Mom said, I put, I said, no, this is my television. <laughs> I will put it off when I want to put it off. Praise God. You know, I, it has always been my dream that, ah, 
So I can watch TV till 3 a.m. My own boss. That shouldn't be a reason why you're getting married. I want to be my own boss. You may just find out that uh, you're exchanging one boss for another one. Oh, let me just leave them. I will leave this marriage, this house for them. You want to spite your parents? Ah, it's your life. You can't use your life to spite your parents. You cannot. Praise God. You can't use your life to spite your parents or your marriage. They are already in their own marriage. So that you want to spite them. Is it that you, because your marriage is now better, is spiting them? It's their joy. Praise God. So now that we've considered all the negative reasons why people make choices for marriage, let's look at the godly choices or how to make godly choices. Remember what we're talking about today is how to make godly choices. And for the uh, benefit of those that came late, we talked about the fact that there are seven reasons why you don't make choices for marriage. One, material reasons. Number two, physical reasons. Number three, sexual reasons. Number four, social reasons. Five, cultural reasons. Emotional or psychological reasons. Number six, and then number seven, desire for independence. So let's now look at how do I actually make godly choices. Number one, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways... Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Marriage is an unknown territory. You need to let the one who knows the road show you the way. You cannot lean on your own understanding. All the seven wrong reasons is leaning on your understanding. Oh, you think he has enough money. He's leaning on your understanding. You think you have good sex. He's leaning on your understanding. You want to spite your parents. He's leaning on your understanding. Oh, because you think it's for emotional reasons. He's leaning on your understanding. Hallelujah. It is very important that you need to ask God for the way. You must realize that it's more important to be certain that a marriage is God's will than to judge our suitability for marriage by love, by attraction, or compatibility. You know those words, uh, are you mentally, uh, mentally compatible, physically compatible, socially compatible? All those compatibility issues can lead you into trouble sometimes. Because we have seen people who are mentally compatible. And their marriage did not work. Have we not seen it? We have seen people who are physically compatible. They say, oh, they make the good couple. They are the, you know, they are the poster, poster uh, board for good marriages. Tall, dark, handsome man, beautiful woman. And they still ended up in the divorce courts. We have seen people who are Sexually compatible. This girl is good. This guy is good. They have seven children together and he still left her. That you have children does not mean that... Uh, so when a man is saying, I want to test whether you can have children, it doesn't mean he will stay with you. We have seen people who left their wives with children. Have you not seen them? So if it was sexual compatibility, how come he left them? If it was that she can bear children, how come he left her and the children? So you cannot lean on your own understanding. Remember that the author of marriage is God. Hallelujah. And our situations change as we grow through the years. What is so important to the man today may not be important again. Hallelujah. Oh, you think sex is important? Get married. And you start seeing the bills. You will know that uh, you may go without sex for three weeks. And both of you will not even feel it. There are so many important things. See, stolen waters, look, they look sweet. Abi, 
That's what the Bible says. It's stolen waters, is, it tastes sweet, but it is bitter in the, in the stomach. We cannot predict future compatibility on our own. This person that everything is looking set, do you know whether in five years time you will become a widow? He may be a good guy. Everything may be okay. But God wants to give you a good, a good marriage. A lasting marriage. Am I saying those that are widowed early are wrong? No. But I'm saying, does it have to be you? Only God knows the end from the beginning. He's the one who creates love, not man. That feeling that you have in your body, it was God that created it. Remember that when Adam saw Eve, he said, ah, this is the blood, bone of my bone. It was not therapists, it was not novels, it was not human beings, it was not psychologists that told him, "Mm -mm, this one is different. It was something that God put in man. So if you want to know the road, ask for the one that is the way maker. Ask him. What might seem like a good choice may not just be the choice for you. Hallelujah. I will use myself as an example because I I can only speak for myself. There was a particular guy, born again Christian, beautiful, has a wonderful spirit. He was a lawyer. And he was asking me out. I hadn't made up my mind. And then I started praying and I was asking God, God, it's, I think it's time for me to, to find somebody to marry. What do you think? What about this person? I won't get a release. What about this person? I won't get a release. After, I've said this story many times before. What about this person? I won't get a release. So this particular day, I got angry with God. I was a worship leader in my church. I said, look, me and God, we are fighting. I was supposed to lead worship that day. I said, me and God, we are fighting. If he's not going to make a decision for me, I can, I can make a decision for myself. What is it? It's no man. So, then there was no GSM, nothing. So, I got to church. They said, oh, Sister Shade, you are leading prison and worship. I said, I'm not leading prison and worship. I'm fighting with God today. So, I left church after service and I came to Lagos to come and tell that brother that, okay, I have agreed. So, I got to Lagos, got to his house, and we were just talking, normal talk. No, they just just and something just happened. He just started arguing. He's a lawyer, of course. He just started arguing with me and he was becoming very violent. And it was as if a skill just fell off my face. Bam, bam. And God said, Shabi, I was telling you, this is the person you want to marry. Ah. I looked at him, I said, If you are the last man on this earth, I will rather be single. I carried my bag. She nobody kuku no. That I came to Lagos from Ibadan and quietly went back to my school. Je, je, je. Let God lead you. That person that looks like a total package. If God opens your eyes, it doesn't mean the person is bad. It just means that the person is not your own. You can have plenty of buckets on the road now. Abby, when you, when you are in school, you will see plenty of buckets. Are, they all, are all the buckets bad? But your own is your own. Let God, let Him choose for you. Because he knows the way. And that talks about you learning to hear from God. A lot of people, the reasons why they make mistakes is because they don't know the voice of God. As a child of God, you must train your ear to hear the voice of your father. You must train your ear. And that's why a lot of young people nowadays make that mistake because they cannot hear God. They have not learned to be in a place of intimacy with God to understand when he speaks to them. So they listen to voices outside. Hallelujah. When you understand, when you have gotten to the place of intimacy with your father and he speaks to you, you understand his language, you will see that marriage is not hard. Hallelujah. I always tell people, God told me about Pastor Paul six months before he ever spoke, opened his mouth to speak to me. I knew he was the one. God told me. 
He told me, he said, Paul is your husband. I said, lie, lie. Then he showed me vision again, open vision. I was walking on the road, on the road to my class. And I saw myself and him on a Sunday doing Thanksgiving. And at that point I said, God, okay, I surrender. Because it wasn't, the, he wasn't a Yoruba. Remember that we are coming from a family where they don't like Yoruba, uh, non-Yoruba people. I felt he was much older. He didn't have any comeliness that I would say this is the kind of person I wanted to marry. I felt he was much older than me. I didn't know his age. I just assumed that he was older because of his wisdom. And I told God, I said, God, you know, I am your daughter. I'm a princess. I will not go and meet a man and say, hey, God said, so you that you told me, you will tell him. Six months later, is when he told me that he was going to get married. He wanted to marry me. I knew the voice of my father. I could hear him. I knew his voice. You need to train your ear to hear his voice. So that when he's telling you this is the person, this is the person, you will know. What that you'll be doing, uh, tumbu tumbu. You date this one. It doesn't work. You leave it. You date that one. You d- Are you a data? So now after a while, they'll be calling you serial data. They say, that brother, uh, uh, he's coming to you. Uh, 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 sister Titi, he has gone. Yeah, sister Shalula, he has gone. Yeah, sister Beatrice, he has gone. He's a multiple, he's a serial data. Number two, seek godly counsel. Put your, put what you have heard from God under the microscope. Let people look at it for you. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11.4 Oh sorry, Proverbs 11.14 It says where there is no counsel the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Don't think people are interested in, the, in putting torchlight in your marriage or in your relationship. Personally, I am very busy. The people that live with me know I am extremely busy. So if you think I'm getting interested in your relationship to say, oh, what are you doing there? I don't have time. But if you, if you ask me for help, I will give you. Because I want you to have a good marriage. My marriage is 23 years. I will not wish for another man. Does it mean that we, our marriage is perfect? No. But I am glad I listened to God. Because I'm enjoying my marriage. See, if Ali Kodangote's son, in fact, call a Christian billionaire. If they give me their son, I won't take. Because I married a good, God gave me a good boy. And I'm also a good girl. Do you understand? Because he's your dad. He wants the best for you. He won't give you the garbage. He won't give you those bin. Because there are some things that you don't see with your ordinary eye. Number two, like I said, subject your relationship or choice to others. Let them take a look at it for you. They are not that about We don't discuss uh, ah did did you know that sister Titi came to meet me? Hey, she brought one brother. In fact, where I size the brother up, mm-hmm, I don't think so. We are not having committee meeting on top of you. But subject it. Subject it. Let people look at it for you. Like those sisters, they, they brought their matter. I, there are some things you will not see because you are already emotionally involved. But people, somebody who doesn't have any stake can see what you are not seeing. Hallelujah. So, make sure you subject your relationship or choice to others. Let them have a look at it for you. They may not even say the person is, but they may say, mm, if you are going to marry this person, you may have to take one, two, three things into consideration. Let them subject, let them look at it for you. Even though we went to the same fellowship, my husband knew that we were from the same fellowship. When he was thinking about me, he came to my church in Ibadan. 
He came to ask my pastor, I'm interested in this girl. I didn't even know all of those things were happening. I'm interested in this girl. What do you think? He didn't say, ah, I'm a man of God. I hear my father's voice and know what he's talking about. I will marry her. He still subjected me because people can change. You know, people sometimes they can't demonstrate. They'll become sister when they are with you. Yeah. When they are somewhere else. You don't know who they are. If they show you the picture, if I, if they send the video to you, we say it is a double person. It's, it's not, it's not your sister. Let people Take a look at it for you. Number three, check for alignment. Check for alignment. Your belief system. Your belief system. Check. Is that an alignment? Look, don't just marry anybody because they say they are born again Christians. Eyo. Are you in alignment? What does he believe? Does he believe what you believe? Is what is important to you about God is important to him? Don't just go and marry anybody and then you'll not be asking, you'll not be fighting over which church to go. You go to his church and say, ah, hey, is this what people believe? What were you looking for, looking at before? Check for alignment. Hallelujah. Is a Christian, don't let them use Christian to cover, to do boju boju for you. He's a Christian. Does he belong to a unit, a department? That's another alignment. Because you may have seen Christian sisters who were hot for God. When they got married, they stopped attending church. They stopped attending activities. They dropped out of their departments because the brother doesn't like it. And they want to keep their marriage. Check for alignment. Check for alignment also with your dreams and visions. Is this the kind of person that will help you to fulfill your vision? Like Reverend said last week, it's not about the man alone. God gives visions to both men and women. Check for alignment. Is this person, is he going to support your dream? Or is it the one that will tell you after you are married, look, BS is okay. It's okay. What are you looking for? Your highest, uh, your highest degree uh, achievement in life should be that you are married. Hallelujah. I met somebody. He wanted to marry me. He has not even said yes. I was doing my master's degree at that time. And he was telling me, eh, it's not because... Brother, oh, <laughs> you better check for alignment. We were from the same fellowship. We ate from the same food. Yet it wasn't the one for me. Because he had some cultural strongholds in his life that I could not cope with. Hey, if you are going to give me food. Somebody have not even said, we have not even started dating though. He's still coming. He's still, he's still coming. Hey, if you are going to give me food, you will need that one and give me. I said, eh? You say? Even me, my father, prince, I don't need that one giving food. I said, I hear. Mm. You. Because you don't think because I have one degree, oh, eh, because you're not having, you're going to have my master's degree, you're still going to be under my subject. I said, oh, it's okay, sir. That was the person that we, we went to the same fellowship. We ate the same food. But we were not aligned in our visions and dreams. I knew that kind of person would not allow me to be able to do what I want to do. Because on my second degree, is already having problems. Me that I already have plans to become the best that I can. Do you know how many certifications I have after marriage? At least eight professional certifications. And my husband allowed me. He supported me. In fact, I will leave my children after. F- I only wait for, f- when I was doing my CIPM, I only wait for praise and worship. I'm gone, the pastor. 
I will leave children for him. He will, he will take care of them. He will bring them home. He will feed them. Then he will come to come and pick me up after class. Check for alignment. I told him, I said, Oga, I have a dream. I want to be the best I, I can be. Can you go with me? Will you allow me? He said, no problem. You can become, I will, I will support you to become whatever you want to be. Alignment. He said, oh, okay, we are, in, we, are in, we are in good company. After I have first of all checked with God, I've checked with others. I was now making my third choice, third check. Is there alignment between me, me and this person? Goals, dreams, and all of that. Amos 3, 3 says, can two work together except they be agreed? So you must always check for alignment before you make your final decision. Check, check, check. Ask God. Let God lead you. Let God direct you. Let other people help you. Look at it. Whether it's okay. And then check for alignment. What does he believe? What do I believe? If you are able to do these things, I can guarantee you that you will have a successful marriage. I'm not saying it by mouth. I know. Because God will not put his stamp on a bad product. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Most problem marriages, if you go and check very well, they started when they were dating. Unless they don't tell you the truth. It started when they were dating. I have spoken to too many people. And I was like, did you see this? Eh... I thought that it would change. Are you the Holy Spirit? Or the assistant of the Spirit? Nobody can change except God changes them. So what you see is what you are getting. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to have a good marriage. And he's bringing all of this information to you. However, the decision lies with you. I hope you will make a good choice. And I trust God that he will help you. He will help you. Your marriage will be successful. Your home will be peaceful. Your children will be they will surround your table. Your life will be a testimony. Your life will be a testament that marriages still work. Trust me. There are good marriages out there. I don't care how many bad ones you see. I have a good marriage. If anybody tells you there are no good marriage, tell them that Pastor Shade says she has a good marriage and I can stand behind my words. I'm not hiding it. I have a good man. And you can have yours too. You can have a good woman. You can have a good man. And I trust God that he will lead you. He will direct you. In Jesus name. Amen. Because, of, because we started late, um, I, I will only attend to maybe two questions quick if you have. Because we need to get ready for service. We have five minutes left. Any question? Any question? Okay. In the absence, okay. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. It's still possible. I mean, human beings are variable. They can change, yeah? So, yeah. how do you, um, you know, convince yourself to decide whether you should stay or go? Okay, there's, no, there's nobody that doesn't have a flaw. The question is, can you live with this flaw? You know, Reverend said it last week. There are some flaws you can live with. I always counsel people when they want to get married. The first question I ask them, I will tell them to look at the brother very well. You know, they will be smiling. <laughs> I say, look at it very well. Yeah, don't look with love eye. You better open your eyes right now and look. Because what you see is what you are getting, according to my evil brethren. 
What you see is what you get. I always ask myself, and the question I pose to them is this, if this person does not change in this particular area, is it a game changer for you? Because you are praying for, to God to change the person, but you know God will not change the person. The person will has to cooperate with God. The person has to understand that that thing is wrong before they can change. So you can see all the process. So if the person doesn't change, can you live with that particular flaw? If not, do a rain check. Do a rain check. It's better to be safe than to be sorry. Now, there are some flaws that <laughs> you don't like it, but you can live with it. You understand? Like my husband then, I'm a very organized person. Shirt will be like this. Throws out. I, I didn't like it, but I could live with it. Worst case, I'll be grumbling, but I will organize the house. You understand? But if it's the one that he gives me woes, Today, I say God will change him. Woes next week. I will be there for, can I live with woes in? I will do a rain check. So there are some things that you need to ask yourself. This particular, because you two, you have flaws. Correct? When nobody is a perfect product. This particular flaw, can I live with it if the person doesn't change at all for the rest of their lives? If it is something you say, well, it's not a game changer. It won't kill me. I don't like it here, but I can live with it. Go with it. But if it is something that you have, it is a fundamental for you, you need to do a rain check. Okay? Right. Uh, we will not be able to take another question because of time. Shall we rise up to our feet? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to learn at your feet concerning the issue of marriage. We give you praise and we give you glory. We know, Lord, that these marriages will stand the test of time in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you because, Lord, their marriages will glorify you and they will have godly choices in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm always available. If you need to ask me any questions, if you need to clarify anything, please always get in touch with me. I will always give time for you. God bless you.